Thessalonians chapter 2 and stand with me. On the announcement video, Ben was talking about fall is here. I said, you need to tell the weather that ain't no fall. Y'all, there's no hot in the world like Georgia, well, South Georgia, you know, below the gnat line is purgatory, uh, you know. It was so hot the other day, y'all, I live in the country, in the woods. I saw a dog chasing a cat and they were both walking. Uh, that dog said, I'm coming for you. He said, oh, I got you. That was a joke, by the way. It wasn't in my notes. It was just spontaneous. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 1. If you're there, say amen. Paul is writing to the church at Thessalonica, and he says, Now, brethren, I want to talk to you about the coming of our Lord Jesus and by our gathering together unto him, that you be not soon shaken in mind or be troubled neither by spirit nor by word or nor by letter from us as that the day of Christ is at hand. Let no man deceive you by any means for that day shall not come except there come a falling away first and the man of sin be revealed, the Antichrist, the son of perdition, who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God or all that is worshipped so that he imitating God will sit in the temple of God showing himself that he is God. Remember you not that when I was with you, I told you these things. And now you know what withholdeth that he might be revealed in his time. For the mystery of iniquity doth already work. Only he who now letteth or restraineth will restrain until he be taken out of the way. And then shall that wicked one be revealed whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. Even him whose coming is after the working of Satan with all power, signs, and lying wonders. And with all deception of unrighteousness in them that perish because they receive not the love of the truth that they might be saved. And for this cause God shall send them strong delusion that they may believe a lie that they might be damned who believe not the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness. But we're bound to give thanks always to God for you, brethren, beloved of the Lord, because God has from the beginning chosen you to salvation through the sanctification of the Spirit and the belief of the truth, whereunto he called you by our gospel to the obtaining of the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, brethren, stand fast and hold the tradition which you've been taught, whether by word or our epistle, now our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God, even our Father which hath loved us and hath given us everlasting consolation and good hope through grace, comfort your hearts and establish you in every good word and work. You may be seated this morning. I want to speak to you this morning by the grace of God on the mystery of iniquity and the promise of victory. Um, as you know, we just completed a three-month series, January, February, March, on the end of the age, uh, the last days in the end of the age. And I want to speak to you this morning on this dynamic, this one aspect of this last hour in which we live and bring some clarity to some of the confusion uh, concerning the end times. In, in most churches, uh, it's not talked about really, except that God's coming back, or if they say that, that Christ is coming back, if that and then there's debate and discussion whether it's pre-trib, mid-trib, or post-tribulation, uh, his return. The important thing to understand is that even if you get the timing wrong, the facts remain that Christ is coming for his church. More important than having an eschat eschatological, yeah, more important than having just the timing right is to know the day in which you live. 
We are children of the day, not of the night. We're children of light, not of darkness. And God said in that knowledge, this day will not overtake you as a thief. And so I'm going to share with you this morning what's Paul's desire for the church and what I believe God's desire for us in this last day is as well. If you're taking notes, number one, Paul wanted them to be clear. He said, now I beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus and by our gathering together unto him, that ye not be soon shaken in mind or troubled, neither by spirit nor by word or letter from us, that the day of Christ is at hand. Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come, except there come a falling away first, and the man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition. The first thing he talked about was the day of the Lord. You need to understand that the day of the Lord was taught in Old Testament times, taught by the prophets. It was a prophecy concerning the day of God's wrath. The day of the Lord is always taught all through the Old Testament as a day of wrath. The day of the Lord, the seven-year uh, seven period between the Antichrist uh, making a covenant with many, solving the Jerusalem and Israel peace conflict there, from that moment till the end of Christ coming back to the earth, the second coming where his feet touch the Mount of Olives, it splits in two and he destroys the armies of the earth that come against him. There's a seven-year period. It's called the day of the Lord. And I, I, I can always, I'll just say this once so you can apply it. Many people believe this, some believe this, the others. I want to tell you your pastor's understanding of Scripture. You search it out for yourself. But the seven-year period is the tribulation, but it's not the great tribulation. We always have, you're in tribulation now, did you know it? There's tribulation. You through much tribulation, much enter the kingdom of God. But that seven-year period is called tribulation. There will be the wrath of man in the first three and a half years and the wrath of God the second three and a half years. We know for a fact, no interpretation necessary, that we are not appointed unto wrath. The seven-year period is called a time of Jacob's trouble. Now, we who are part of the body of Christ, whether it's Messianic Jews or us together, once you're in the body of Christ, to you there is no Jew nor Greek nor bond nor free. But in the earth there is. Israel still remains the apple of God's eye. The Israeli people are still his people. But there's a seven-year period coming from the, con the confirmation of a covenant with many solving the Middle East crisis. And that seven-year period uh, will, in the middle, exactly in the middle, the Antichrist himself will come and stand in the temple of God. Some commentators believe he will sacrifice a pig there in front of uh, the... Uh, Ark of the Covenant. I'm not sure of that. But with our news media covering the world, he will declare himself to be God Almighty. Now, it's hard to teach on this without moving around. So I'm going to come and visit, visit, and come around. And hopefully by the end, instead of muddy water, it'll be clearer to you. The Antichrist is not going to appear as the evil manifestation of Satan until the midpoint. Up until that point, the false prophet as well as uh, the Antichrist will be working together. Uh, say it's part of the tolerance thing. Whatever you believe is fine. The one world religion, the last religion in the first three and a half years is what you see now. The one world religion is whatever you believe. What's your truth? 
What's your truth? What's your truth? And he wins the world over with whatever your truth is, is fine. Then at the three and a half year mark, he said, well, really, I'm it. And that's when there's instituted the mark of the beast. You can't buy or sell. You can't do anything. And you must worship the Antichrist himself. So the people here were frustrated and concerned because there were people coming to them saying they were led of the spirit and saying the day of Christ is upon us. Because they were being persecuted. They were being slaughtered. They were being fed to the lions. They thought that they had missed the rapture of the church, the coming together uh, of the saints in the air. They thought they had been left behind. Now, to address the person that says, well, Jesus never mentioned the rapture of the church. It was never found in the Gospels. It's because it was a mystery. Paul explained that. It was a mystery till the resurrected Christ gave it to Paul. There was no mention of it, not that it wasn't known by God himself, but he had not revealed it yet. And so the, the mystery of the rapture revealed in 1 Thessalonians, or the catching away, Greek word harpezo, the catching away of the saints, 1 Thessalonians 4, 16 and 17. And so the day of the Lord, Paul wants to, do, not, don't be confused about the coming of Christ, the day of the Lord, the day of Christ being at hand, and are gathering together unto him. He added that because the day of the Lord was not known for that. It was known for judgment. And he will tread the nations through the winepress of his wrath. And Jesus Christ, will uh, his, his robe will be stained in blood. And in the battle of Armageddon, blood will ro- uh, flow bridle high to a horse for a hundred miles. He tread, there's anger Woe unto you that talk about the day of the Lord. It's a day of great wrath. But that is the, 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 the destruction of the Antichrist, the world system. And he's just a geopolitical figure. It will be a man, but he'll be energized with all power for signs and lying wonders. And the world will wonder after him and approve him. And Paul said, now I want, you, I want to bring clarity. I've already told you this. You can't be in the day of the Lord, meaning that last three and a half year period primarily, because you're still here. Women now it said that the day of Christ could not happen unless there's the first a falling away and the Antichrist be revealed. Yes, the day of the Lord, the judgment. You will know you're in the day of the Lord when the world, not just the professing church, the world falls away from everything true. And the great falling away is not just the world, but the professing church as well that turns from the exclusive trust in the death, burial, and resurrection of the, uh, of the, of the pure Christ for our sins. And as it falls away from that and it catches momentum with the world, those things are what's going to usher in the Antichrist. He'll be able to step on, on the on the stage of the earth and sway the world because the mystery of iniquity is already working. They were told, people said that they were anointed, God gave them a vision, gave them a dream, we're in the day of the Lord. And what Paul is saying, he's not saying, this is what you look for. Look for the Antichrist and look for the falling away. No, he was saying concerning the day of Christ and our gathering together unto him that that day can't happen. Not the event The day can't happen. So when you see the the man of sin standing in the temple exactly at the three and a half year mark from the day of the covenant, when he signs the covenant of peace, 
When you see that, he tells the Jews. Jesus told them. He said, flee into the hills. Don't even get your coat. For great tribulation is coming. It has never been like that and never be seen again. And if, the, if God doesn't shorten the days, there'd be no flesh left. So, that was a mouthful. About our gathering together unto him. About the restrainer. He said, now tie together this first part about the day of the Lord, the catching away of the saints. They were troubled that they had missed the rapture because they were in the day of the Lord. That's what they thought. We've missed the rapture because we're seeing judgment. He said, no. Now let's tie together. Context is critical when you study the word of God. You have to understand that this passage begins at the very first revelation of the teaching of Jesus coming for the church. 1 Thessalonians 4, 16 and 17, it ends and then he starts this. So there's the context for you. And he then explains what's in the way. He said, now there, and the word he uh, was added, it's not just a male uh, pronoun, it speaks of a restraining force. There is something in the way. Now it can only be one of three things. And I've read, I can't tell you how many commentaries I've read, and all, all of them mention it has to be one of these three things. Either the restrainer is the Holy Spirit, government, laws, systems that hold it in place, police, military, or the church. I'm going to tell you why I believe it's the church. The Holy Spirit can't be removed from the earth because if that was the case, then no one would be saved. And the Bible teaches us that all through the tribulation, people will be saved and they'll refuse the mark and they'll die as martyrs and they'll stand before the Lord and say, how long before you avenge us? If there is no Holy Spirit, there is no salvation. Are we in agreement? Well, it can't be governments because the Antichrist will have sway over and rule over most of the governments in the world. And when Jesus Christ comes, destroys the armies of the Antichrist, destroys the uprising, he will rule from Jerusalem and they'll be taking planes from different nations flying in to worship the Lord in the tabernacle of God. There'll be nations there. So it has to be that you and I and the church invisible by the Holy Spirit Operating and activating in our lives, we're what holds it back at work. You ever felt that? Lord, if I wasn't here, this place go to hell in a handbag. I mean, just go, I mean, you're, you're everywhere. Just your little light, you walk in. Good morning. They, mm-hmm. Show oh, yeah. Light it up. Yes. You know. But there is a force standing to where it'll all start blaspheming the Lord. And then they look at you. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, They're, we're in the way. It's not that the Holy Spirit will leave, but the activity of the church, the salt of the church, the strength of the church, the words of the church, the worship of the church, the character of the church. He said, and I've told you all of this. When? Before. The restrainer, when it's moved, he said, well, wait a minute now, John, how, how can that be the church? Because the church is a bride. Well, aren't you a son of God? So you can't get caught up just in the male and female. How many of you are daughters? Aren't you sons of God? Or daughters of God? It's not the gender. We are what's restraining. And Paul said, I don't want you to be confused. When you're gone, that's when all hell breaks loose and the world is 
ready for someone to step up and say, you are your own king, follow me, we're going to enter an age of peace. And when the world says peace and safety, then sudden destruction comes in like a flood. We're what's in the way. We're in the way in the geopolitical arena. We're in the way at the ballots. We're in the way uh, standing in front of the abortion clinics. We're in the way on our beliefs of family. We're in the way and Antichrist cannot rule while the church is here. He can't. We wouldn't have it. But can you imagine when all of the activity of the Holy Spirit through individuals is gone from the earth? That will give him the stage. He'll come in unabated, unchallenged. And the Bible said when this happens, that God will send them strong delusion that they may believe a lie. By that, we know God tempts no man with evil, but what he says is, I am going to make sure that their choice is concreted. And there's much to say about that. I'll, I'll get into that in a, a, a different uh, message. But the falling away is happening now. They, the world has not fell away because of the few remaining Bible-believing, Christ-centered Inerrant scripture churches that stand in the way and when they're gone, the falling away, will, it will be like a dam breaking, like Hoover Dam splitting and the water of evil is going to cover the earth and then the man of sin, he's not going to come up and say, hi, I'm the Antichrist. He's going to come up very progressive, very uh, articulate. The Bible says that he will be anointed, endued, equipped with satanic power to sway people. And all he's going to tell them is, we're okay, you're okay. And when he solves the Middle East crisis, and there's peace, and there's no more Christians telling everybody that what they're doing is wrong. What's your truth? You want to shack up? Okay, if that's your truth, no, no problem. God wants you happy. You want homosexual? You're, you're lesbian? Oh, Listen, God's, you do your thing. I'll do my thing. There's no, uh, will you lie? If you have to lie, listen, ain't no judgment here. There'll be no church voice. That's how the world can fall away. And the man of sin will come in preaching a message, standing on a platform with no conviction to the world. And no condemnation. That's why it will work. All right. Paul wants them to be clear. Number two, he wants them to be conscious of the mystery of iniquity. Now, Paul said it's a mystery. What? That, that evil abounds? No. The world had been so corrupt before that God destroyed the world by water except for Noah and eight. So it wasn't a matter of just evil. He said in this last hour, the mystery of iniquity is at work. And he said it's already happened. So since... The ascension of Jesus Christ, the mystery of iniquity, this is the first time it's revealed to us. It's a mystery about lawlessness. That Satan himself rules through the allowance of Christ, the earth through principalities, powers, spiritual wickedness in heavenly places. And these powers direct, orchestrate, and sway the nations away from God. Everything now turning away from God, preparing the world to embrace one. Uh, see, Christ uh, came in, his own, in, another, in, in the Father's name and they wouldn't receive him. But the Antichrist will come in his own name and receive him. So 
I, I hope I'm setting this up and I'm being clear for you. There's so much in my head. Please pray for me. Um, there is a orchestrated, systematic maneuvering of the world, and I'm going to mention the avenues, towards the events that are coming so it will work. That's the mystery of iniquity. Satanic powers, principalities, deluding the church, eroding true faith. So much so when the Son of Man comes, we'll even find faith on the earth. People that question God, accuse God, correct God, deny God, change God. And so that mystery is happening in our homes, in our schools, especially our schools of higher education and at work. It's all at play now. And this mystery is recognized as, listen, anything or anyone that rejects, undermines, dilutes, opposes, misrepresents, or denies the person of God, the word of God, the people of God, or the uh, purposes of God. Anything that comes against truth, anything that comes against the church, anything that comes against Israel, and anything that comes against the revealed will of God is the mystery of iniquity, Satan's principalities and powers in the heavens orchestrating evil men to accomplish evil deeds. That's the mystery of iniquity. We did not know that it was being orchestrated by principalities and powers and spiritual wickedness in heavenly places till the revelation came to us through God's word. Here's examples. The hatred of Israel. Secular humanism that makes man the goal, makes man the final authority, makes man the pinnacle of everything, every doctrine being preached in this false prosperity gospel that makes you the center of the world, secular humanism, abortion, the slaughter, the pulling apart of children in the womb of a mother for convenience. That did not happen with some mama wondering what she's going to do. There was a mystery of iniquity at work, devaluing, listen, devaluing life long before abortion became the norm because we're teaching the children, you are nothing more than like cattle. When you die, you go back to the earth. You're valueless. It doesn't matter. So if it's valueless and you kill it, then it was no crime. They don't have a soul. It's not a matter of heaven or hell. It's just a, it's not a big deal. And that secular humanism devalued the life of a child. So now, you want, to see how, you want to see a result of the mystery of iniquity? How blind, how blinded they have the power to make, to gouge out the eyes of the, of, of the nation, the greatest nation on the face of the earth. By that I mean by God's blessing and potential. You can tell, you can, and I'm trying to be graphic. You can pull the baby apart in the womb of the mother and sell the parts and the government pay for it. And if I break a sea turtle egg, I go to prison. What, what a mystery. How can I go from sane to insane? It's the mystery of iniquity. Well, it's not a child, it's a fetus. Well, then that ain't a turtle. No, it's a turtle. It's an egg. It's just a, it's just a thing. It's an it's a embryo. No, it's a turtle. 
And you think I'm kidding. We have a place in Florida. They man these, have y'all seen it roped off? And they sleep beside it. And they have their video recorders. And if you break a turtle egg, you go to prison, a felony. Because it's a turtle. But that ain't a baby. The mystery of iniquity. How it, it, it highlights our ignorance. It puts us at the pinnacle of being able to make our decisions based on information that has been planted in our mind through education and media. Y'all, you, you, how many of you got kids here at Children's Church? Let's go, okay, they go, oh, I love it that uh, what they're studying in class, then we go over it in the Children's Church. Oh, I like how that's connected. So the repetition. What do you think television is? One after the other, 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 that despises God, despises his word, mocks Christian, elevates satanic thinking, worldly, global, and you watch that over and over and over. And if two sessions can change your child, that's the mystery of iniquity, that he controls for a while. He controls all of these systems. And how do you know that we're in and surrounded by the mystery of iniquity, it's that it's pushing the world, it's pushing the church towards one religion, which means there is no religion. Whatever you believe is fine. One government, globalism, and boy, I'm gonna, I, listen, you won't get me to talk politics with you. I, I will not. But I'm going to tell you something. I'll tell you this. With all 10,000 faults, and oh, I'm, I agree with you. The devil hates our president, and t- if, if he is everything you say, he is anti-globalism. He's all about our nation. And the Antichrist, the spirit of Antichrist is, we need us all to be one family so I can govern this thing. Anyway, just something to think about. I lost y'all then. Everybody like, what's he going to say? He better say good and others. I hope he'd tear him down. Anyway, the ecumenical movement is the mystery of iniquity. We're all brothers, Hindus, Muslims, uh, atheists. Come on, we'll all get on the stage. You got me praying to Jesus, you praying to somebody else, the other one sitting there in a diaper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we're all brothers and sisters. No, we're not. No, we're not. That's the mystery of iniquity. There is one name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved, Jesus Christ. And the, oh, I can say it in here. Y'all like that. But the pressure's on out in the world. It's a mystery. It's like everybody's lost their mind. We're all the same. No. All roads lead to God. No. Political correctness. I just, I don't even. If you put our brains in a bird, it'd fly upside down backwards. That's all I want to say. I'm just not even. The leftist, the militant leftist order, media, entertainment, the geopolitical world, sexual immorality, homosexuality, pornography, sex trafficking, perversions, the despising of authority, new age, spiritualism, apostate and false religions, Catholicism, prosperity gospel, occultic practices, greed, carnality, rebellion, wrath, civil unrest, devaluing of precious and holy things. It's all part of the cauldron being orchestrated by Satan. And Paul said, I'm going to show you a mystery. Everything that's happening where you say, the world is just losing its mind, is pushing towards the coming of the Antichrist. And he's waiting for, he, does, he may not know this, but he's waiting for the church to leave 
so that he might have his sway and his position. Man, it's going to be tight getting this done. Okay. Where are we at? On my notes. Do y'all know? Hold on. I got you. Calling good evil, evil good. Disdaining righteousness and celebrating unrighteousness. Substituting darkness for light. Making the holy profane and the profane holy. Paul said, I want you to be conscious of this and know that it's going on. That's the mystery of iniquity. You're not really sure where it's coming from, but everybody's got it. It's like the whole world lieth in the wicked one. He wants you to be conscious of it. Listen, Christian. So you can recognize it, speak out against it, oppose it, and separate from it. We are not going to change the mystery of iniquity, but we can stand in the middle of it while we have a voice and say, that's not Jesus. Well, I believe in Jesus. That's a different Jesus. Your Jesus is not the Jesus of the Bible. My Jesus was born of a virgin, pure, sinless, died, dead, buried, resurrected on the third day and was raised unto life and recreates all of the Christians and there's no other gods around him, much less ahead of him. He's a different Jesus. Paul warned them to be careful. Therefore, brethren, stand fast and hold the traditions which you've been taught, whether by word or by epistle. Saints, don't let the world distract you or deceive you. Don't let your heart get hardened or your resolve get softened. Keep your hand on the plow and your eyes on the prize. Walk the narrow pathway because broad is the way that leadeth to destruction and many there are that go in thereat. Don't compromise, rationalize, or sympathize with your enemy or this world because it will will deceive you. It will entangle you and it will cause you loss, pain, sorrow, and regret. Your adversary, the devil, is as a roaring lion combing the earth, seeking whom he may devour. Heard a preacher one time said, devil ain't got no teeth. Jesus pulled him at Calvary. And another guy got up behind him and preached. He said, not to have no teeth. The devil sure is gumming a lot of folks to death. Just killing them. Be careful, saints, that your eye is single, your motive is pure, and your devotion is solely unto the Lord. I know I've said it hundreds of times. I want to say it again. Your devotion is not to me. Your devotion is not to Christ's chapel. Your devotion is not to the assemblies of God. Your devotion is unto Jesus Christ the Lord. No one else. No one else. Set your affections on things above, but while you're here, you got to stand up. You have to speak up. You have to stand out and stand strong because the Lord is at the door. He wants you to be careful not to be deceived. And by the way, when the devil tries to deceive you, if you knew you were deceived, you wouldn't be deceived. There's always a hook in it. That's the country way of saying it. What? There's always a hook in it. The fish, that I don't see no hook. Just bite it and see. There's always a hook in anything the world offers. Number four, Paul wants them to be confident that God's son will come back for you. And that's a promise. The Lord himself shall descend from heaven. Not might, not hope to, not maybe, shall descend from heaven. Well, Brother John, I'm still not clear about the second coming. The, day, you know, the second coming is at the end of the day of the Lord when he destroys all his enemies. How do you differentiate between him coming for the church and the second coming? It's very simple. Scripture is very clear that when he comes for the saints, he comes in the air. We meet him in the air. That's the rapture of the church. 
the revelation of the church, the, I mean of the Lord, the rapture of the church, and then the revelation of the Lord, we come with him to the earth. One, we go to him. The other, he comes with us to the earth. And we, we just get to be a part of it and watch the power and the glory of the Lord in that manifestation. Paul wants you to be confident that your loved ones who are believers that have died are going to meet you in the air. All the resurrected saints, all the way back to Adam who believed in the Lamb to come and backward to the cross, those that believed on the Christ. We who are alive and remain will not be ahead of them. They're going to come up out of the ground first. Then we which are alive and remain are going to be caught up together to meet them in the air. And so shall we ever be with God. I had somebody ask me not too long ago, they said, do you really believe that? I said, yes. Oh, that's just foolishness. Wonderful. That's naivety. Wonderful. That's a, that's a poor man's gospel. That's been around forever. What, call me all of those things. Call me crazy. Call me naive. Call me immature. Call me narrow-minded. But when he comes, call me gone. I'm gone. I'm sorry. I believe that, I believe that my father, who I haven't seen for 40 years, I will meet him in the air changed. Paul wanted you confident that God's power is going to resurrect you, not reconstruct your old parts. Thank you, Lord. Just scrap them old ones. <laughs> not reconstruction. Resurrect. Change and glorify you. He wants you confident that until then and in this present world, God's spirit will continue to keep you. You are kept by the power of God through faith. I'm not scared of no demon. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not bragging. I'm just telling you. Either you're scared or you're not scared. You just are or not. I'm not scared of your satanic priestess. Oh, she drew a pentagram in my uncle's backyard and they killed a chicken. My first thought, did y'all fry him up? That's all I want to know. Did anybody fry him up? My elder brother Jesus whipped you 2,000 years ago and took the keys of hell. And he, and he lives in me. Who, oh, I'm going to be afraid of you. Now, I don't have confidence in myself. But the God in me is a bad man. Don't mess with him. While you're here, he said, be anxious for nothing. And in nothing terrified by your adversaries. Don't ever let them see you sweat, he said. Because that is an evident token to principalities and demon powers of their upcoming perdition. While I'm here, you may be having sway, but Jesus has the final say. If our musicians would come, our singers and Ben, please, this, this morning. He wants you to be confident that you cannot be overcome if you remain in Jesus. He wants you to be co uh, confident that heaven was prepared for you and your eternal reward awaits you. He wants you to be confident that Christ will come back with them and utterly destroy the Antichrist and his armies with the brightness of his coming and the words of his mouth. Christ wants you to be confident. Y'all don't watch them. Listen, this is really good. Everybody watching, the, watching every step on the way up. Paul wants you to be confident that this victory of his when he comes to the earth will be absolute, will be visible. Every eye will see it. It will be unmistakable. It will be horrific and joyous. And it will be shared. 
We'll be coming with him. Enoch's already said he's coming with 10,000 times 10,000 of the saints. He's so powerful that when he touches the earth, the mountain will split in half. And by the words of his mouth, the thing the world hates the most, the word of God, he just speaks and vaporizes, vaporizes all the armies of the world. That's my king. And I'm glad. I'm, somebody said, well, now, John, and uh, please, I'm not mocking. You know, we have to see the Antichrist first. No, no. The blessed hope is not looking for the Antichrist. I ain't looking for him. I'm looking for Christ. If he told me, be on the lookout for him, that's how you know. Well, I'm looking for Christ. Well, now, Brother John, are we going at the beginning of the seven year? Are we going at the middle or the end? I'll be as honest as I know how to be. I believe we go at the beginning. There is zero scriptural evidence that it ever goes past the middle. If we see the first three and a half years, either the moment he, right before he does, or he does, the Antichrist revealed himself, we're gone because we're not appointed to wrath. There's, there's no scripture that speaks of the wrath of God falling on the church. But either way, I'm, I've got a brother of mine in here that knows more Bible than I do. And, you know, we differ on when the Lord's coming. You know what he told me? He said, I hope I'm wrong. <laughs> and I'll tell you this, if I'm wrong, he's still coming for me. And I'm not worried about that which is going to fall upon the earth. Very quickly, let me give you this. God wants you to be confident that once you're with him, you will never, ever, ever, ever be separated. So shall we ever be with the Lord. Paul said, I want you to be comforted by this. Comfort, comfort one another with these words. Not comfort one another that the Antichrist is coming. Not comfort one another that the world's going to just fall off the end. Jesus said, even though the rapture wasn't revealed yet. Do you understand? He was talking to the Jews that believed on him. He said, in my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. If I go to prepare a place for you, I'm coming back again to receive you unto myself because where I am, I want you to be. And that's what the next... Paul, they thought in that day the Lord was coming. Well, Paul didn't know better. He wrote most of the New Testament. I believe he had some access to God's intentions. They were looking for him then. Paul wanted this, me to comfort you this morning. That no force on the earth or above the earth can withstand God's power and his purposes will happen. We will rule and reign with Jesus for a thousand years on the earth. And then he's going to destroy the earth by fire. The heavens will fold up like a handkerchief and he'll start over and we will still be with the Lord. So while it's today, Hebrews 10, let us hold fast the profession of our faith. Y'all stand with me. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith. Nothing wavering. Because Jesus, the one who promised this, is faithful. And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and good works. And we're not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together like some do. But we're exhorting one another and encouraging one another. Especially as you see the day approaching. The world, the mystery of iniquity is pushing us that way. I see the Lord. I see him ready to come. 
to execute vengeance upon the earth and to establish righteousness. And as I see the day coming, I want to tell you, I want to encourage you, Katrina, this this ain't it. This is just a dress rehearsal. This ain't it, baby. This ain't it. Oh, the world's going to hell. I'm not. We got to share the gospel like my brother. I've got to preach to you. But your intimidation fact, you can't touch me. I'm blood bought. My name's in the Lamb's book of life. He's carved me in the palm of his hand. And the world going this way, that means heaven's coming this way. We're closer today than we've ever been. We are closer today than we've ever been. I asked Ben to play an old song for me. If you know it, sing along. I think you'll enjoy it. What a day that will be When my Jesus I shall see When I look upon His face The one who saved me by His grace oh. Then He'll take me by the hand And lead me through the promised land What a day that will be When my Jesus I shall see When I look upon His face The one who saved me by His grace Then He'll take me by the hand And lead me through the promised land what a day, glorious day that will be. All right, I want to tell you one quick thing, and then we're going to sing it as we dismiss you guys. I, I just need to tell you this. Well, Brother John, I'm still kind of confused about him coming for the church and him coming with the church. Here's another clarifier. When he comes from the church for the church, the Lord himself descends from heaven with a shout with the voice of the archangel and the trump of God, okay? He, 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 he comes and there's, it doesn't mention the world seeing him. But when he comes for the second coming to rule, it says, and every eye sees him and they go to hide themselves in the caves for fear of the wrath of the Son of God. No mention of hiding when he comes to the church. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, faster than lightning, come off your... Gone, gone, gone. Oh, let's sing it one more time. Would you? Unto Him. Celebrate it. Oh, what a day that will be When my Jesus I shall see And when I look upon His face the one who saved me by his grace Then he'll take me by the hand And lead me through the promised land What a day, glorious day that will be God bless you, have a wonderful Lord's Day